saying what he wants to say, and doing it all from the wicked awesome DRS ATL studio right here in Roswell, Georgia. And I'm just over the almost full moon stoked to have Larry Griffith in the studio. Larry, welcome. Well, thank you. I appreciate you. Oh my gosh. Larry Griffith has been on a musical and geographic journey southward, and his fifth album, Bonafide, is the next step. Like any good blues, it is born of some hardship. Larry's own experience culminate in songs and sounds that depict the view from where he sits, or as he puts it, and I love this, looking out my mind's window. Amen. I love it. Well, Larry, for your fans that are legion, the way we roll, ride the vibe, mm-hmm. uh, here at DRS ATL with my friend Waheed Gomes, uh, running the sound force, proprietor and host uh, with the most, is we do a, an old-fashioned uh, album listening party, right? Back in the day when you'd stack the albums and let them play and right. sit back, etc. So I'd like to encourage listeners to get a beverage of their choice, sit back in a comfortable environment. We're going to play a couple minutes of about six of your songs and then just chat about the music. Sounds like a party. I like it. And yeah. we've got in the studio, we're featuring some sparkled water from a company called Drinkmate. And Drinkmate Carbonate is the Carbonate Anything drink maker. So you take any beverage, really, and you put it in this little container, and you just inject some CO2 in it, and you've got a carbonated beverage. So cheers. <laughs> cheers. And it tastes pretty darn good. <laughs> it really does. They're out of Michigan and um, a little startup, and really appreciate them uh, providing us with a drink, mate. Um, so I'd love to uh, cue up, if we could, Hoodoo Hannah, mm-hmm. which came off of your fifth release. Yes. Bonafide. Yes. And then uh, we'll come back and talk about it. How's that sound? It sounds wonderful. I love it. Waheed, if we could, Hoodoo Hannah.
gosh, I love that song. Hoodoo Hannah off of Bonafide. That's Larry Griffith's fifth release. Talk about that track and the album Bonafide and, and uh, you know, as we talked about some of the hardship running up to that album. Well, first off, it's my seventh release. Oh, it's, seventh. If my fifth full album, okay. I had two singles. I work with a company called If Gam Records and okay. I do just singles for those okay. people for the last couple of years. Yeah. So it's my seventh, but my uh, wow. my fifth full length album. release. Um, yeah. Hardships. Wow. <laughs> Where do you <laughs> We've start? We've all had them, haven't we? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, uh, we grew up, uh, I grew up in Cincinnati, Ohio, yeah. pretty much uh, dirt poor. There yeah. were uh, 10 of us, mm. uh, two sets of twins, mm. and um, there was... Um, it was pretty bleak until my my oldest twin brothers went into the military. Then they were funneling money back, uh, you know, and that yeah. kind of helped things out a lot. And uh, music was something was definitely a saving grace for me yeah. because of the, uh, as they call it, mean streets where I grew up. You were and, in Walnut Hill, yeah, uh, the Walnut well, Hill uh, well, neighborhood. Uh, there, at one point, Warner Hills was the step up. Oh, uh, before oh. the step up, we were oh. in, yeah, <laughs> I was in uh, Mount Auburn, wow. which was uh, really, it's like the wire times 10. It was <laughs> it was really bad. Uh, so uh, I, my mother bought me a set. I asked for a guitar. Yeah. And uh, she said the guitar was too expensive at the pawn shop. Um, wow. And she said, but the drums are only $80. And she said, and they're going to let me do it in installments. That's yeah. how broke we were. We had to do $80 in installments. Wow. So um, so not an unfamiliar story. Oh, no, not at all. I was just very fortunate that uh, she saw fit to give me those drums yeah. and to, to take those payments. And uh, because it was a method, there was a method to a madness, sure, you sure. know, it was keeping me off those mean streets, yeah. which uh, it did because I was absolutely hooked. Yeah. Just funny, I, out of all 10 of us, I was the only one that was taken to music. I mean, every, there was records all over the place. Yeah. Everybody played records, but to be an actual musician, I was the only one in of, of all those. Where were you in the, in the order of kids? I was nine of 10. The ninth? Yeah. Wow. I was the ninth of of, of oh the my tent. gosh! So uh, it was. Uh, by the time the the what little food we had got to me, it was cold. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, you had to fight for the scraps. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Literally fighting for scraps. Oh my gosh! But uh, you know, when it's that many people in a house, if you have one friend with you, yeah. it's a party. Right. I mean, so all I remember was uh, music. Yeah. Uh, lots of uh, laughter. Yeah. Lots of just, it just sounds, sounds like a good time. I'd wake up to it a lot of times. Cause like I said, there's a lot of people, Yeah, you know, I live alone now and it really makes me realize how loud and how raunchous it, it was when I was growing up. So. <laughs> do you uh, do reunions, family reunions? Where we Every guess now and then, not so much, you know, I, yeah. Cincinnati is super cold. I love Cincinnati, <laughs> yeah. but I try not to go back there unless it's yeah. in the a fall or, or summer. Yeah. But with our family reunions, we go uh, like every two or three years someplace different. But the pandemic kind of yes. uh, messed that up this time. Yeah. But we try to get together as much as we can. They come yeah. to see your gigs? Are they excited uh, about? 
it's old hat at this point, uh, yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> but they used to. Years and years ago when I was playing the Playboy Clubs, oh, yeah, they were right I up bet. front. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Larry, when are you going to play the Playboy Club again? And are you going to yeah. get us in? We want yeah, passes. No, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's, well, talk about Bonafide as your seventh uh, release and, and fifth full album, how that came about and, you know, the, some of the hardship that surrounded the, that release. Oh, Bonafide. Um, first off, I... I write all the time. Okay. And um, the whole thing with me is I love the process. Yeah. Uh, is is very therapeutic. To uh, And there was, I was going through a breakup, as I remember, with a girlfriend. Yeah. And it was unexpected. Yeah. Uh, just kind of came out of the blue. So there are some songs on there um, that reflect that. That's that a common uh, fodder for yeah. blues songs. Ex ex <laughs> Relationships exactly right. gone bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there, there's, but if you kind of look at the, all the, the titles and things, you can see that I, I was working my way through yeah. those things in my life. You right. know, there's, there's points on there um, where I'm talking about the breakup and I'm heartbroken. Yeah. And then there's a, a song on there called I'm Free, yeah. which is a, a happy breakup so song. Self-descriptive. Yeah, right. So it, it got to that point. We yeah. went from this sadness and madness to gladness. Yeah, yeah interesting. So. Well, Hoodoo Hannah, to me, as just the, the title, has a very New Orleans kind of, is, was that intentional or is yes. New Orleans a, an influence? Absolutely. Uh, when I wrote those lyrics, um, I wrote them with uh, New Orleans in mind. I read yeah. a lot. Yeah. And uh, I was reading about hoodoo and voodoo and uh, Madame LeVue's uh, voodoo palace in yeah. New Orleans, which I visited. Yeah. And I just started thinking about it. And the, the lyrics started coming to me. And the, the process when we get into the studio after I've written the lyrics and the melody and everything is sort of uh, organic. Yeah. Well, you know, I... I say this is, I talk about the feel more than I talk about, you had said something, no, he had said something about not being able to read. Yeah. Um, I talk about just getting a feel for everything. That would be Waheed. Yeah, that, <laughs> that would guy, be Waheed. That guy, yeah. 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 That good guy uh, that's running the sound for us. Thank yeah. you, Waheed. Yeah, my whole thing was I, I wanted to set a mood, and yeah. I think that Hoodoo Hannah set that. It was the first song. Song, right. Yeah, it was the first song, and we yeah. wanted to establish that. It really and, does. Um, it was probably two takes, and we had the whole thing down. Wow. Uh, I don't really like to break people off in sections a lot when I'm recording. Yeah. I like to use the core group all at once. Yeah. The, the rhythm section all records together. I'll come back, and I'll do horns, and I'll yeah. come back, and I'll overdub certain solos. But uh, to get that feel for me, is that's how we have to do it all together. It's very it. organic. So, And how, talk about your creative process from a writing. Are you... A, dedicated morning writer or do you, does it just come to you and then you put it into your phone? What, what's the, uh, some, it comes all different kinds of ways, you yeah. know? And, um, sometimes when I'm driving, I have to pull over and, uh, sing into my phone. Uh, sometimes I'm in the bathtub and yeah. I have to lean over and write, you know, I remember doing that with one of us had got to go Yeah, I leaned over and, and wrote that. So it's very, uh, I've written some things in the studio where yeah. I said, this doesn't work for me anymore, what I had written here, but I love the music that we're laying down. And I've gone, changed it on I've the fly. scrapped what I had yeah. and wrote whole new songs right there in that 
three-hour period in the studio. Wow. So it, it varies. Yeah, I love it. Well, I think we ought to hear Mama tried because your mama did more than try. Yeah, she, she did. She was something. Now, she had a um, seventh grade education. Mm. Um, my father passed away when I was two years old and she never remarried. So she Jeez. raised us all on oh her my own. God. God yeah. has, she, has she passed? Or yeah, she, she passed away. Passed. Wow. She the the thing that amazes people when you hear ten children, yeah. you think she must have started at thirteen. Right, my mother didn't have her first child until she was twenty seven. Oh my lord! Which meant she had me in her forties. Wow! So what amazing yeah. woman! So Mama did more than try, as we said. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's if we could cue that up, boy, that'd be awesome. stoked to be talking to Larry Griffith about all things blues. That was Mama Tried off his seventh release, but fifth full CD, Bonafide. So go out and buy that. You know, it's tough for musicians to gig. So you can go to Larry's website, which is LarryGriffithMusic.com. Music.com. And buy it from there because he can make some money doing that. When you do the Spotify thing, he's making pennies. <laughs> Nothing. Very, very if, true. <laughs> if, if that even. <laughs> so talk about Mama Tried. Was that, in fact, uh, um, a tribute to your, your mom? Yes. Yes, it was. Um, it. That was a hard one to write, you know, yeah, because it, it definitely came from the heart. Yeah. Um, yeah. An amazing woman. Yeah, she really was. She really was. She was uh, funny. She was, uh, she's probably the reason that I'm single because it's hard to stack up. Ah, uh, interesting. Yeah, it has been very, very hard to stack up. So you could write a song 
girlfriends tried and failed. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. Very true. Give the last GJ credit for that, will you? <laughs> you get a co-write on. All that. right, I love it. <laughs> well, talk about so you um, an upgrade or a move up was the Walnut Hills area in yeah. in Cincinnati, but. You were also heavily influenced by King Records, which was out of Cincinnati, who had, you know, the likes of Freddie King and Bill Doggart and James, James Brown, Brown and, you know, who uh, just uh, in 2006 passed away at 73 here in Atlanta. Oh, I didn't know it yeah. was here in Atlanta. I, I didn't either until I uh, did a little research on the hmm. run up to the show. But talk about King Records and the, uh, the influence uh, uh, that they had on your musical career. Well, uh, actually... It was a subsidiary of King Records called Fraternity, okay. and then another one was called Jewel. Okay. And those records labels were the ones that first introduced me to recording in the studio as a drummer. Okay. Um, but the King Records artist um, was Hank Ballard. Yeah. Hank Ballard and the Midnighters. Um, there was um, one of the Midnighters, Wes Hargrove, um, heard me playing. and took me into the studio for the wow. first time to record with him. As a drummer? As a drummer, yeah. Interesting. As a drummer. Um, yeah. In my neighborhood, because King Records was in the neighborhood, yeah. there were so many great, great players that lived. The musicians themselves lived in the neighborhoods. Mm. Um, you know, the guy across the street, was I'd always hear him drumming, and he played with Sam and Dave, mm. someone else played with Ike and Tina Turner. Oh my gosh. You know, so there were people all over the neighborhood. It, yeah. was, it was that kind of place. Yeah. So he heard me and he said, I'm going to take you in. You know, he was kind of mentoring me, you know, and uh, we went in and recorded mm. um, at Jewel Records. Yeah. Like I said, one of the uh, subsidiaries of of King. Because wasn't the King, the, the original, they were country, wasn't it? So they yeah. had some tagline, Hillbilly or so. I, I, I. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's funny is they they had a country catalog. Yeah. But as they brought the um, the as they call it at the time the race records. Right. In, right. They would choose songs like "Let Me Pet Your Poodle" was a country song. Yeah. But they got um done R and B right R and B. Yeah. yeah. So they tried to use that catalog as yeah. much as they could. It was a, a lot of that cross, <laughs> crossover. Yeah. Crossover yeah. thing going on. I so, love yeah. it. That's cool. Well, well, who uh, were some of your mentors as a drummer when you were growing up? Um, well, you know, I love Billy Cobham. Oh I don't know if God. you remember Billy oh, Cobham. absolutely. He was one of my favorites. Powerhouse. Uh, yeah, very powerhouse. Now, um... And he played, it was Mahavishnu for a Mahavishnu Orchestra. Yeah. Oh, my now, the first uh, record that I played and sang, because I always wanted to play and sing, was yeah. Them Changes with Buddy Miles. Oh, my God. Yeah, so Buddy Miles was a big, big influence. Uh. I loved um, Don Brewer. Do you remember that name? I don't know. Don, no. Don Brewer from, um, um, what's the name of the band? Uh, they had Inside Looking Out, I'm Your Captain. Oh, yeah, uh, Grand yeah. Funk. Oh, Grand Funk. Grand yeah, Funk. I like Grand yeah. Funk. Yeah. yeah, Grand Funk. That was one of my big, big influences. Interesting. So the it was more, and of course, the uh, Electric Ladyland album changed my life. Yeah, right, yeah, right. So <laughs> my, my influences, although... King was there and everything. It was that whole thing. Yeah. I was really into more rock, yeah. you know, rock and roll things. I'll be darned. Yeah. So uh, because the those guys, Buddy Miles and all those other guys like that on the rock end were singing and playing. Yeah. But you didn't have drummers that were singing and playing right. in the R and B genre. Right. No, like they that. just so, drummed. Yeah, yeah, they just drummed. So 
how do you do? I mean, you know, there are a couple like a Henley or um, Phil Collins sure. or some of those that you've just mentioned. What's the, how do you, it seems like it would be very tough to get the breathing right and the drumming and be frenetic on the drums. And Well, I think that uh, I started drumming and singing at the same time ah, okay. because the only reason I wanted an instrument was to be able to play and yeah. play what was on the radio. So I turned the radio on and I'd practice and sing along yeah. to my favorite songs. Yeah. Uh, I was 11, 12. Nobody told me at that time it was supposed to be hard. Yeah. So, that's so it wasn't. Why. Yeah, so it wasn't. So it wasn't. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's why it was the power now, of uh, the mind and the that's it the ignorance yeah. of youth that's bl- it. blissful and the juice of youth you yeah know, you, you <laughs> think you can do anything <laughs> anything right yeah so I yeah that's what happened with me I no one told me this is supposed to you be you can't difficult. do it yeah yeah when I grew up and people man how do you do that and it's yeah. like how do you not do that I, I breathe yeah yeah <laughs> how do you not do that so I didn't know I that love it was it. supposed to be hard. Well, we are going to take just a short break to support a sponsor that's very near and dear to my heart, DRS-ATL, and my friend Waheed Gomes, running the sound, a consummate uh, host with the the uh, Ride the Vibe, and he's got a great studio here for all you musicians looking for some place to, uh, to cut your chops, etc. And then we'll be right back with Larry Griffith. DRS provides professional audio mixing and mastering services. They also provide other creative services such as voiceover editing, audio restoration, and audio forensics. They have great customer service, their work is fast and efficient, and their prices are affordable. You can learn more about their creative services by visiting them on the web at drsatl.com. Again, that's drsatl.com. Or call them at 404-590-0779. Again, that's 404-590-0779. DRS, when the right sound matters. You are back on Ride the Bye, Michael in the last DJ playing what he wants to play and doing it on George Harrison's birthday. That's right. Happy birthday. Yeah, God rest his soul. What up? How uh, you talk about rock influences? Talk, give me a, just a com- couple thoughts on on George Harrison and what he meant. If if uh, you know anything, um, man, that group was so impactful. I mean, yeah. so amazing, yeah. amazing the impact. And I think uh, George is kind of the underrated Beatle, you know? Amen. Great. He, was, he was my, I mean, he's, yeah. Yeah. Because his spirituality. More spiritual, I oh, think. Yeah. So. Yeah. More spiritual so. than any of those guys. Yeah. yeah I, I love, although uh, there was some uh, legal issues with that. Uh, my Sweet Lord. It uh, was a gorgeous song. Yeah. And something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, is that, I heard that was Clapton playing guitar on something. And uh, then you listen back, it sounds like Captain. It may have been, you yeah. know, I mean, he did a lot of, with the, my, my guitar gently weeps, Clapton's yeah. on there, yeah. and but written certainly by Harrison and one of the, you know, iconic songs that's been recorded by so many different people yeah. over the years, but God, what an amazing, amazing individual. Well, I want to hear, uh, if we could, uh, Shake It Loose, and this was off your fourth full album, I believe, by yeah. the same title, uh, uh, Shake, Shake It, it loose. loose. That's right. And uh, so, Wahid, if we could cue that up. Larry Griffith, Shake It Loose. Mm-hmm. 
ask me where I'm going. Don't ask me where I've been. Don't ask me what I'm doing. I'm gonna do it again. Yeah. Don't try, don't deny. Don't sell, I ain't buying. Everybody knows the truth. Y'all ready? makes me want to get up and shake it loose, Larry. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> the last DJ loving that, that title track off your uh, fourth album release. And talk about that song and, and that album in particular. I was touring in Europe in uh, 2016. Okay. And um, we were on a show, maybe about three cities in. I think it was, we, we did um, France, uh, we did Amsterdam. Mm -hmm. I mean, we were, we were, did a different country every other day. Yeah. And we were at, at some place and um, we got a vamp going. We were just vamping on, the band had come down from Italy to join me. They had had my music for a couple of months uh, before I got there. Yeah. It's weird how the musicians in Europe know your music better than you do. They're like, uh, no, Larry, you're supposed to do this at this point. <laughs> it's like, I think I wrote it. I think. I'm not sure. So anyway. Um, they we do it were, in a loving way, though, I'm I sure. Know, yeah, very loving. Very loving. In broken English. Mm -hmm. So I, uh, we were vamping on something yeah. and just trying to buy some time. And I started uh, just riffing lyrically. I didn't have anything. And that's where Shake It Loose was born. I love it. That's where that's in Italy came. or in France. Uh, it was in Amsterdam. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. It was, that was in Amsterdam wow. when that finally happened. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it and that song. I said, I think I have to make it. I've never I had never done that on stage before. Yeah. Just made it up, and I thought, wow. And then I there were a couple of lyrics in there. Um, I'll be the ladle if you'll be the soup. Yeah. That came up. And it's like, whoa, I like that. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll keep, that's so, a keeper. Yeah, that's a keeper. So, <laughs> and that was, and I was inspired just being there because mm -hmm. the whole vibe in Europe, when you're traveling, especially as an African American blues man, yeah. when you're traveling like that, the respect level is 10 times what it is in the States. And they're lined up. Yeah. All of my product sold out. Yeah. Everything I had sold out. I didn't, I probably could have taken twice as much uh, product and yeah. sold it all. 
my T-shirts, everything. And they were lined up mm. with pictures, random pictures of me that they'd found on the um, web yeah. and blown up. And I'm just signing just these sign pictures. Them. Yeah. And it's like it's every venue was sold out. So, yes, yeah, totally different thing. It's such a interesting, you know, when you talk about that, how the blues is, you know, popular early on for a while. And then R&B supplants it. Yes. And the blues albums get shipped over to Liverpool, which Port City, mm -hmm. get picked up by John Mayle and Clapton That's and true. Jeff Beck and the Stones and then gets imported back to the <laughs> States, right? And people are going, oh, well, you know, and then this, people like the Stones are introducing American audiences to, you know, John Lee Hooker or right. Holland Wolf or whoever it might be. Just such an, an irony to me about that. Yeah. And then to have... A, a better reception over there than you get, you know, in your own countries is it's very weird. Yes, yes, but kind of sad. I'm, I'm glad it's there though. <laughs> yeah, because, oh, amen. Uh, the the revenue is makes a big, big difference there. Yeah, you know that a lot of guys I know will go over for three months and they don't have to work for the rest of the year. Yeah. So I will pre uh, before the yeah pandemic, right yeah. before <laughs> before the yeah. world changed yeah before the well, bottom. Well, speaking fell out. of Europe, it's kind of a segue. Mm -hmm. Talk about the the one and the only. I, I kiddingly, but well, not kiddingly, really. You know, you talk about this whole seven degrees of separation from that Kevin yeah. Bacon guy. I think it's probably one or two degrees of separation from uh, the amazing Lucy Pillar from knowing every musician on the planet. So how? Uh, and, and, and Lucy was gracious enough to introduce us. Yeah, which is how this show came about. So talk about. Uh, Lucy and, and how she, she came into your life. She's an amazing patron of the arts. Yeah. And uh, she just was a fan, someone out in the audience that she she picks and chooses. She hears something in people, certain people, yeah. and she gravitates toward them and she does any and everything she can to, to help them. Yeah. And that's kind of, she's a, not only a patron of the arts, but a patron saint, yeah. really, for uh, a lot of us musicians. So uh, we're very, very grateful to have her. Yeah. She definitely manifests giving more than she gets. I yes. mean, she's just a big giver. And then we'd also, uh, we want to give a shout out to a, a friend of our, mutual friend of ours who's gone through some uh, health issues, Carlos Capote. Yeah. The uh, brilliant uh, harmonica player and, and yes, blues man. Carlos played on um, one of my albums, I think my second album, as, um, as Good As It Gets. Uh -huh. Carlos played on there, and also Carlos is playing on my new record. Uh -huh. I have a new record that hasn't come out yet. Excellent. And um, Carlos is playing on a, a a country blues thing as as country blues as I've ever gotten. Wow. Yeah, he's playing on that uh, that cut. I love it. So uh, that was right before he uh, he took sick. Well, Carlos, so, uh, get well. Yeah, we well, love you, friend. brother. Yeah, we absolutely do. We're going to take just a short break to support a sponsor, Foundation for Premature Infants, which the last DJ started about 10 years ago now, uh, advocating for the little people who have no voice. And then we'll be right back. And thanks to the foundation's support, we'll roll the rest of the show without any commercials, y'all. Awesome. So stay with us. Born in the United States each year, 380,000. That's 9.8% of the total births in the U.S. The Foundation for Premature Infants' mission is to advocate for the right of all premature infants to be cared for in a developmentally supportive and age-appropriate manner. Our vision? 
is to ensure that Premature Infants Bill of Rights is the standard of care for all babies born prematurely 24 hours per day, 365 days per year on all shifts in every neonatal intensive care unit throughout the world. Please consider making a donation by visiting us on Facebook, Foundation for Premature Infants, or at our website, foundationforprematureinfants.org. Last DJ saying what he wants to say and loving up on those little premature infants and uh, those without a voice. So appreciate all you folks uh, that have contributed via Facebook and uh, Amazon Smile uh, and however else you've gotten us money. We um, pride ourselves on donating out back to the clinicians that take care of those little people, at least 98, 99%. I have to keep the website going, but other than that, <laughs> it all goes back out. So appreciate that. How about um, another track off of Shake It Loose? Our love is in good hands. What do you think about that? Yeah, that's uh, that was another song that was me just looking out of uh, my mind's window and yeah. looking out at the world and yeah. seeing what was going on. Uh, there's a lot. There's a lot of truth to that song. Yeah, that's probably as raw and honest as I've ever gotten on wax. So I love it. Let's hear that if we could, Wahid. in good hands <laughs> and a real powerful message there. And we need more love. And it ties into a, a great quote that I found um, from George Harrison with our love, we could save the world. 
Amen. And we need a little more love in the world. So the last DJ and Larry Griffith are saying to you all, let's radiate out more light and love. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Put your hand on the radio. Yeah, amen to that. And, you know, I want to I want to give a, a uh, I want to talk about Jason Becknell. Jason Becknell is a cool cat who founded Radio Tucker. Okay. Out of Tucker, Georgia, as the name implies, but his tagline is locally programmed, globally enjoyed, because it's internet-based, so it can be listened to anywhere. So Jason, this cat, Larry Griffith, is a local guy. (laughs) (laughs) So we got to get some of Larry's great blues on uh, Radio Tucker. And uh, talk about coming down to ATL in, what, 90, 1990? Oh, no. Or was it? I've been here about... 23, 24 years. Okay. So yeah, a little bit later than that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what, what prompted the move? And then you discovered your uh, your mom had roots here? And Yeah, my mother, uh, I found out she was from uh, Conyers, Georgia. She was crazy. born and raised in... My mother never talked about um, uh, her past much. Yeah. yeah. Um, because there was a lot of pain involved with that growing up at that in that period. Yeah. Um, I came here because I first went I had an agent yeah. and my agent sent me down to Florida and um, it was just too hot down there. And it wasn't a, a lot of work there. Yeah. You know, I haven't, I had a day job in, I can't even remember um, how long. Uh, so it was all about the music for me. Yeah. And so I said, well, I'll try uh, Atlanta. Yeah. And when I first got to Atlanta, there was, uh, it was just an R&B thing because the people that connected me, it hooked me up with people like SOS Band and mm-hmm. some of the uh, R&B that was happening. Yeah. A group called Brick. Had, yep. uh, I was in the studio doing some things with them. Um, so, but there was, I couldn't figure out a way to make a living doing it. Doing blues or? Yeah, yeah. just doing that R&B thing ah, like that. Interesting. Because there, there weren't levels like there are to, you couldn't go out and play uh, in clubs a lot mm-hmm. doing that. Yeah. Um, so when I found out about the blues, I went into a place in Buckhead. I can't remember the name of the place. It's no longer there. Yeah. And I remember it was right on Far Road in Buckhead. Aunt Charlie's one? Um, oh. old gun, that's Steamhouse Lounge, some of those old. Yeah. I can't remember the name of it. It was, uh, it was, it was, had blues in the title. Oh, okay. Blues Harbor, maybe? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Blues Harbor, Harbor I think it yeah. was. And, um, I went there and I saw a guy. Uh, it was a white guy with a guitar and a three-piece band, yeah. and they called it blues on the on the on the thing, yeah. the marquee. But I, I, said, I don't, I've never heard blues like this. <laughs> you know, it sounded more like the old Grand Funk stuff that oh, I used okay. to listen to when I was a kid. Yeah, just real guitar-heavy stuff. Yeah. every now and then you'll throw in a lyric. You know, lyric was more or less fodder, you know, for <laughs> an the, afterthought. Yeah, yeah, fodder for the guitar. You know, right, right. It's like, uh, well. I've talked about myself a while. Why don't you talk about me? That's yeah. how that kind of thing is on guitar. <laughs> yeah. So uh, anyway, I said, well, it's interesting. So I started delving more into it and found there was lots of places yeah. that with people I didn't know that were making a living mm-hmm. playing. I found out about um, Blind Willies. I went yeah. over there oh and God. it's like, I don't know who these people are, but it, this yeah. sounds at least more like the blues that I'm familiar Darwin's with. Darwin's up yeah. in Marietta. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Great. Oh, Darwin's oh. a few years later. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's how I ended up in um, 
Atlanta. Yeah. And then when I found that blues scene, when I found out I could make a living doing it, not only that, but I found out I had an aptitude for writing yeah. uh, blues because I, I had no idea. I had written a lot. Um, I'd recorded for other people uh, as a, a writer. I've yeah. always liked being a producer. I've all of my tracks that you hear, I produce myself. Wow. Yeah, so I'm self-produced. Uh. So um, once I found out that there was blues here and yeah. that I had an aptitude for it, I was off. You were in running. heaven. Yeah, oh, it was. <laughs> the rest blues is heaven. history. That's right. Blues, blues heaven. heaven. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I want a blind squirrel that last DJ every once in a while. How did you make the transition or what, what prompted the transition from drums the guitar. Well, that is interesting. I had no, uh, there are two things that happened. I had no inkling. Uh, I had no inclination toward guitar at all at this point. Wow. I loved being a drummer. I yeah. played with everyone. I toured all over the place with everyone. And um, I was playing at the Northside Tavern yeah. in Atlanta. Yeah. And someone came in that had heard me sing and said, I'd like to do a record with you. Wow. You know, and uh, he said, I like to hire you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have this record company. I yeah. like to hire you. And it's like, I thought, do you, do you want me to be a talent scout for you? It's like, no, we want you to record with us. So that's <laughs> where I was. Yeah. So uh, I, I started recording my record with them and they had a photographer come out and for the album cover. Yeah. And um, he said, I have this prop guitar. Mm. Let's use it. Mm. And on High Wire Walking, which if, we're going to get to a yeah, couple if tracks. If you look yeah. at the album cover on the, um, I'm holding. There's a guitar on the bottom of it. Yeah, I had never played guitar no at way. that point, and so um, I sent that record out after it came out. I sent it out, and, the, and as soon as I sent it out, a, a guy that owned a um, an agency down in Florida said, I love your record. Yeah. I see on the cover that you play guitar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he said, you went, yeah, I do. Uh -huh. <laughs> said, I want to sign you and uh, we will get you started in a month. We want you uh, to Whoa. start your tour in a month. Whoa. So I went, I had a friend, yeah. a Chicago Joe Jones, yeah. that gave me a guitar that he found at a, uh, Garage oh my for like gosh. $5. He found a guitar for like $5. So I started practicing on that. Yeah. I hired someone to um, give me lessons. Yeah. And in a month, I went, I was on stage. You were a guitar player. Oh, I sucked so bad. <laughs> I sucked so bad. And uh, But there's a life lesson there, yeah, right? I yeah. mean, you, you, you say you'll do it, and then you learn how to do it, and then you do it. I did it. I did yeah. it. So uh, I got better. I told people... I am going to be good yeah. a lot longer than I'm going to suck because I'm never going to stop. Yeah, right. So, it's a life journey. Yeah, it's a life journey. Well, I think we ought to hear one of us has got to go because <laughs> it sounds like maybe the drums had to go onto the sidelines for a little bit <laughs> off of uh, your first release. Yes. High Wire Walking, which prompted you to then become a guitarist. That's right. I love it. One of us has got to go. About it 
walking and you can find all these and you need to do this please for the artist's sake go out to larrygriffithmusic.com and buy the cds from his website oh come on unfortunately you're not going to gigs the musicians aren't gigging and that's where they make their dough so yeah you can do the spotify like four zillion trillion times and maybe he's (laughs) gonna make a buck but go buy the CD. <laughs> Hi, we're walking. Well, who who the heck is that powerful vocalist singing with you on that uh, track? Uh, one of us has to go. That's yeah. uh, my friend, Heaven Davis. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, what a name, huh? Yeah, I love it. <laughs> Heaven Davis. Yeah, she uh, came. I was actually playing drums with her at the time. And I said, I'm doing this record. And um, would you come in? I wrote this this song. I, yeah. I wrote all the songs on my records. Yeah. And... Uh, she came in and uh, we knocked it out. We sang right on the mic together. So that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Is she in Atlanta? Yeah. Lady? I, I think she may have uh, retired by okay. now. Yeah. Uh, because she had a husband that w- had been sick for years. Oh, man. So, but yeah, Heaven Davis, if you ever Boy, get a chance. That's a great. Yeah. Great. <laughs> She's incredible. Yeah, I love that. I'm going, like, I got to ask him that question. <laughs> so what, what's it been like? Uh, you know, we just touched on it, but this year was a performer. I mean, how, how have you reinvented yourself? Uh, you know, what have you done to, you know, keep the music alive in your, in your soul and, and share it with folks? Well, I've, um, I've had to be creative. Yeah. So I have, um, I've been doing some jazz gigs on drums again. Okay. Uh, that has helped. And I did these gigs uh, at these senior citizen places oh, nice. with Jenny Michelson, who's a great piano player, local yeah. piano player. Yeah. And uh, as a result of that, I got 
put on at one of those places as an employee. So I was able to get the COVID vaccine, oh, nice. which is really cool. They said, we will sign you up as an employee oh, nice. so you can go here, Look at stand that. in line with the, the seniors. Because you, you were you were uh, giving them music, sharing, right. uh, sharing your talent with music. That's right. So I they made that. me an employee. So that was the good benefit of that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I've always been really good at bookings. I was always been really good at Strong. that. Yeah. So um, I have, throughout 2021, I have over 100 dates now. I know. I looked on your website. Yeah. I thought, is that, I had to look. I go, is, is that, that for 2021 or is that his bookings from no, 2022? That's, that's right now. Because you are like, I mean, it's solid. Yeah. yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I'm really good. I've always been really good at it. Yeah, strong um, at that. I'll go in and I'm not like a lot of these people that'll go in and say, oh, I'll play for free. I won't play for free. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but, why? I mean, come yeah. on, please. But I mean, that's what that's what a lot of people say. Come in, if you don't like me, don't pay me. Yeah. No, uh-uh. you're going to like me and you're going to pay, pay me. Pay me, yeah. Yes. <laughs> You'll pay me a lot. Well, <laughs> the time is just flying by. I think we'd be remiss if we didn't hear head over heels. This is uh, also off a of high wire walking, your yeah. first release. And then we'll be right back and uh, wrap it up with some parting comments and such. Sounds great. It overheals. DJ playing what he wants to play and saying what he wants to say. And in this case, playing the brilliant blues music of Larry Griffith right out of ATL. So we want to get him on Radio Tucker. That was off a of high wire walking. And we are on George Harrison's birthday. We're talking about all things love and light. Shouting out to Carlos Capote, etc. And we are he's kind of running out of time, but I uh, want to talk about your gigs and also 
kind of the million dollar question in the industry right now is, you know, singles versus CDs, you know, how you go forward in this crazy world where people really aren't buying the CDs or downloading everything. What, what are your thoughts on that, Larry? Ooh, yeah, that's a, that's a tough one. I think I have a new CD basically that is just waiting for it to be mixed and mastered. I've already co- recorded it before yeah. all the insanity happened. Yeah. And then a little bit while within the pandemic, I was still going in and laying down tracks. Yeah. I think this time I'm going to try just to do all singles, mm-hmm. you know, release a single and possibly a video with that yeah. uh, at a time yeah. and, and see what happens. And also there are other markets where they like overseas mm-hmm. and maybe uh, get with a distributor overseas as yeah. opposed to trying to do it from here, the ATL. Yeah. yeah. It's embracing the genius of the end as opposed to the tyranny of the or because, you know, one, one way it doesn't fit. I mean, you mm-hmm. have to, I, I like a CD. I liked it. We were talking about it when the song, that brilliant song was playing. Back in the day with an album, you got so much more information about what, who produced it, who was, you know, on right. the different instruments. We were talking about, you know, with uh, Spotify and this, you'd never know Heaven Davis That's was true. singing the vocals on that. I mean, you wouldn't know. That's I, true. It's just crazy. So you miss so much. Well, give, uh, we're almost at the top of the hour. It's just flown by with some great music. Talk about a couple gigs that you've got coming up in the next uh, couple weeks where folks can see you live. Because as Neil Young said, live music is better. That's it. Amen. (laughs) Well, um, I have my website, LarryGriffithMusic.com. And as you know, it has all of my dates on it. uh, You're loaded up. Yeah, I'm I'm booked through uh, 2021, always looking for more dates. I'm booked from now through December. So I'm playing every month. But I have a lot of openings. yeah. Some of the uh, places that I love, I play every Sunday at uh, with Uncle Sugar okay. um, at uh, Northside Tavern. Nice. Which is fun. Yeah. Um, right across I, the river in Sandy Springs. That's right. Yeah. I play every other uh, month of Tuesdays. I'm sorry, uh, every other month of Thursdays at Two Urban Licks. Okay. So yeah. I'll be down there in March. Yeah. Uh, every Thursday in March. Um, there's a really cool new place that I started playing called Lafayette's in okay. Fayetteville. Oh, nice. Downtown Fayetteville. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of a New Orleans joint where it. I'm doing acoustic variety, yeah. some blues, acoustic thing. Last night, I just played at Rocco's. Rocco's. I play at Rocco's once a month. You got a big following up in LJ and uh, in that area. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of cool because I did a, uh, a house gig for like a couple of years at a place called Bubba Q, which doesn't okay. have music anymore. Yeah. And so... A lot of people from the wineries, because that's up in Jasper. Right. So I, I do a lot of wineries now, too. I so it. I do big door vineyards yeah. um, in a place called White, Georgia. I do um, Sharp Mountain vineyards. You know, so different wineries and things. So, so folks can sample some Georgia wine and listen to some great music. That's what could right. be better? Oh, up in the North Georgia be Mountains. <laughs> nothing could be better. Well, I promise you I wouldn't <laughs> ask you any uh, gotcha questions. but I, So I hope this one isn't one. But... If you could, and you can wave a wand, and either living or dead, put together your ultimate three-piece band, who would you who would you put in that band? Um, three-piece. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be a plus one. Mm-hmm. So I'm do three musicians. I would have to have Hendrix. Yeah, because Hendrix has shown people forget that he was an R and B guy yeah. touring with all these R and B guys. A little Richard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Until little yeah. Richard he kicked was him out of the Richard. band because he was yeah. too flamboyant. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's ironic, isn't it? <laughs> 
I, I saw little Richard at a stadium once. He said, this is my bass player. He takes care of my bottom. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. But okay, so Hendrix. So you got Hendrix. I got guitar. Hendrix. Yep, yep. I got... Um, um. On drums, yeah. Buddy Miles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. Well, actually, I guess I got the band of gypsies. Okay. Yeah. yeah right. The band of gypsies. My, who was that? Uh, Cox. Uh, yeah. Billy Cox. Billy yeah. Cox. On, on, I didn't even uh, realize bass. that yeah. just now. So my band would be the band of gypsies. Because that was it. my favorite band. They were incredible. I couldn't I, believe it was just three of them. Yeah, I know. That's Powerful. crazy. Yeah. yeah. I, I love that band of gypsy stuff. So <laughs> machine gun. So yeah. I, oh, man, yeah. so I would have. I, I'm a I'm a Clapton guy. So mm-hmm. I'd I'd uh, be on the debate stage. You'd be Hendrix is the best, and I'd be Clapton is the best. <laughs> and then I've got on drums. I like Henley, sure. Because writer, vocalist, and then I got to go with Paul McCartney on bass. Wow. As a vocalist and a so musical. writer, so, so and musical. musical. So I got yeah. it all. I got it all. <laughs> well, we we're out of time here. Just been fascinating. Want uh, Radio Tucker play some of Larry Griffith stuff on uh, Radio Tucker and uh, Carlos Capote. Get well, our friend. And also, uh, we want to give a shout out to Andrew Black, who uh, is he's had some, some health issues, health issues yeah. as well. And then Lucy Pillar, we can't say enough about you. And it wouldn't be a ride the vibe without my friend Waheed Combs, D-R-S-A-T-L, right here in Roswell, Georgia. So y'all come by, check him out, and uh, do some business with him. That's right. And buy Larry Griffith's music, LarryGriffithMusic.com. <laughs> we are out of here. Thank you. Thank you. Better late than never Here's my thanks to every place My song on the radio